Hi. <laughs> hey. Hi. Hi. Wow, it's been so long. I mean, the longest wow. it's ever been. It's been so much. Been, how how was your week? Um <laughs> How dare you <laughs> throw me under the bus like this? Um I just want to know how you are. Dear listener, we are oh, recording no. Oh, no. two in a row. No, because because then that gives me something to talk about because it's my tech week. All right, fine. So, like, we're not going to have time, so we have to record two in a row. So by the time this comes out, we'll have been open for a week, and I'm sure it, it went great. Broken. I'm sure it went great. And, I'm sure um, it did, too. I'm happy for you guys. I wish I could see it. Me, too, man. I think it'll be really good. Um, we're getting pretty excited rolling into tech week, so... Um, yeah, I've got a metric shitload of costume changes all into incredible costumes that I love. Nice. Um, and they're all real quick. I think there's one change that I have that's longer than like three lines. <laughs> so. Oh, oh my. Yeah, they're real, real quick ones. Hmm. But. I'm, I'm getting to where I can actually make my entrances, which is cool. That's very exciting. There's only one that I'm a little scooch nervous about, but... You got this. But I think it'll be fine. Got a whole week to practice it. It'll be fine. It'll be great. And listeners, if you guys saw it this weekend and it was not fine, just tell me it was fine, because I'm tell sure it was fine. It was fine, you guys. Stop you guys. being so mean. Jeez, please chill. Um... If you can hear weird things, my dog is fully laying on my cord. <laughs> um, I will do my best to edit them out. Well, who who knows, really? But, but also, like, it's fine. My cats are still really angry at the it's world. A, it's a group effort, these podcast episodes, let me tell you. You know, we do our best. We sure do. We do something. Um, are you still drinking the boxed wine from last week? I sure week? am. My God, you're good. I have such a good memory. <laughs> are it's you still drinking that claw or water? Um, I am drinking, in fact, that same claw and Ooh, that same water. Look at you. Yeah. I do now have a glass of water also. You got to stay hydrated. Yeah, it's important. Have to. In fact, I'll take a drink right now. Please do. Um, Reagan, welcome to Babetown. Ah, damn it. Yes. I was getting hydrated. Yes. I set you up perfectly for that one. You did. I also had pl- plans. I don't know why I <laughs> stuttered on that. <laughs> but I had all of these plans for the second one for you to be like, hi. And I was to be like, welcome to Babetown. <laughs> I love that the welcome to Babetown is getting aggressive and competitive because I feel feel like I I feel like that is maybe the best summation of us as people is aggressive and competitive. So I'm glad that it's just naturally worked its way into our podcast. But it's not just aggressive and competitive. It's aggressive and competitively trying to love each other and make each other feel welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. I was thinking about this today of that, like, it's it's really difficult for me to, like, express love in any other way than, like, fuck you. I like you. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I get it. I feel like that's maybe something I should work on. But also, like, the people who I say fuck you, I like you, too, they don't care. 
They so. know. They know. Don't don't you stress. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. Um. Do we have anything else? It's just been such a long I week. Think so. I don't know. <laughs> You know, I do. Happened. I do kind of like doing these double up episodes because it feels like it. Ju- it feels like our the ending of our podcast for the whole thing, where like it makes me feel like, man, I've I've never talked to this person in my life. In fact, I I don't even know what a telephone is. <laughs> that's what it makes yep. me feel like. Good. I'm glad that's a positive emotion for you. <laughs> No, it is it is kind of a positive emotion because like I always do you ever think about like who was the first person that Alexander Graham Bell called? I thought it was just like some dude in the next room. Because I think about this all the time. Like all right. Like it's your it's the first phone, right? Correct. So then you kind of have to invent two of them. Correct. At the same time. So then what? You're just like, hey you dude on the street. I'm going to give you a ring. Come here. <laughs> and the guy's like, all right. He's like, a, a do, ring? What do I say? A marriage do I pick proposal? it up? I, I pick it up, and then what do I say? Sir, I'm already married. I don't need any other rings. And then that conversation is the basis for all social anxiety in modern day. That's how yep. I feel every time I pick up the phone. It's like, what do I say? Do I, yep. do I say hello now? And what if there's a pause? What if, if. there's a long pause? Then is it is it you is it on you is it the other person who, who like, does this? I like I I hate more than anything in the world when somebody calls me and it's like a misdial and they'll call and you know you're like hello and they're like who is this? It's like bitch you called me. You who called are you? Me. Yeah. Who are you? Oh, I hate talking on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's not my favorite, but we make it work, you know. But I like talking on the phone to you. I also yes, I agree. Because we're like hanging out. Yeah. We're chilling. You know? I do know. And I love it. Good. Me too. Um, do you have a question for me or do you want me to have a question for you? <laughs> oh, I have such a question for you. <laughs> now that you mention it. You're yeah. right. I have such an important question for you. Hit me. <laughs> Do you have a question for me? Or do you want me to have a question? Valkyrie, hush, baby. Valkyrie, hush. You're fine. But I have such an important question for you, Taylor. Yes. And that is, when was your babe born? My babe was born 1990. Nope. 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 <laughs> uh, uh, doing great. Doing great. Nope. Feeling okay. good. Ask me Taylor. again. When, when was your babe born? My babe was born 1799. Whoa. First of all. Just a casual difference of 200 years. You're going first. Great. Oh, man. That was fun. We're off to such a good start on this one. Maybe the best ever. <laughs> okay. Whew. You said I'm going first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got distracted. If it is in sorry. fact 17.99 then you're going first. If it's 19.99 yes. then that's a very young babe and I'm going first. <laughs> no, true facts 17.99. Okay, you're up. Okay. Have you ever heard of Mary Anning? I don't think so. 
great. Okay, so Mary Anning was born May 21st, 1799 there it is. in Lyme Regis, England. Okay, so um, her parents, her parents, her mom's name is Mary. So it's like kind of confusing because like her name is Mary. Right. So we'll just call her mom Mary. And then she's like Mary. Deal? Oh, you mean mom Mary as in one word. What? Her mom's name is Mary. Right. So you said we'll call her mom Mary and then we'll call her Mary, which sounds like you're just going to call both of them Mary. No. Like what? we will call her. <laughs> <laughs> we will call her mother, mom, Mary. Right. Mom, Mary being and one then- word. And then Mary, the person that we're talking about and that the story is about, is just Mary. Or I, I guess I should say that differently. Mom Mary being one name. And then... Sure. I think I know what you mean. It just sounds like you're saying Mamory to me. That's what it's... <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> so we'll call her mom Mamory Gland. And that would be great. Call okay. her ma'am. Great. Love it. Love all of it. This is exactly how I wanted the story to be going. <laughs> are crushing this. <laughs> okay. Ready. So her mom. Mom Mary. Mary. Who? <laughs> 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 I'm so glad I put on deodorant because now I'm real sweaty. <laughs> Good, because we can smell you. Oh, my God. Okay, we're 11 minutes in, and I feel like we are seven hours in. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Her mother's name is Mary. Her name is also Mary. Right, so we're calling her mother. (laughs) Mom Mary. (laughs) Okay, you just keep going, and I'm going to try and get my shit together. (laughs) I'm so excited to listen back to this one, especially. We're not even through talking about her parents. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to move on. I feel like you know what her mother's name is. I do. I really do. Her dad's do. name is Richard. Dad Richard? <laughs> Dad Richard. Okay. Dad Richard and Mom Mary have up to 10 kids, right? Too many. But too many. But only Mary and then her brother Joseph lived until their teens. So, like, rough. Bummer. Um, Richard, let's call him Papa, is what I wrote down. (laughs) For some reason, I'm obsessed with these people's names. They're, like, really average names, and I love them a lot. So excited for my story. Okay, go. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, so um, Richard was a cabinet maker and an amateur fossil collector, which is adorable to me. Um, Yes. He would collect fossils from the cliffs around their home and then show Mary how to clean them. And then they would sell them from his shop as like extra little income, which is like the most. That's really adorable. 1800s approach to fossils that I can think of, of just like, yeah, we just found this on the beach and like, now we're going to clean it up. We're going to sell it again. Like it's also any father daughter activity like that or father daughter oh, business. I'm 100% so behind. cute. I know it's so good. Um, and so like Mary at this point, she's only like five or six and she is like into it. So like whenever her dad would go out fossil collecting, she was there, she was with him. Um, so then 
Bummertown, USA, Richard dies unexpectedly mm-hmm. in 1810. So he leaves his family in debt. There's no breadwinner anymore. So it's Mom, Mary, mm-hmm. and Mary, and Joseph. Which, like, Mary and Joseph is, like, kind of funny, too. Taylor, right? you can't like tell kind, me funny, funny things when you it's say that funny. someone died. It's kind of funny. Okay, so, like, so Mary and Joseph <sighs> keep at the fossil selling. Um, mm-hmm. it's like, at this point, they're pretty much their only means of income that they have left. So um, the timeline on this is a little bit wonky. So we're going to we're gonna talk about some shit, and then we're going to jump back to when Mary is, like, 12. Okay. okay? So um, eventually, in the early 1820s, um, a dude named Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Birch rolls into town, right? Like, I picture him super fancy, wearing, like, spats and shit. Like, well, yeah, he's got two titles, lieutenant and colonel. Like a low-key Mr. Peanut, you know. Okay, okay. That's I was picturing I like it. a, I was picturing like a, a Mr. Wickham. I don't know Pride what that prejudice. Oh, <sighs> I've never read it because I feel like it's a lot of like, are you getting married? I'm not getting married because I'm gonna drink tea. That's what I feel about. Okay, Pride well, if anything, she's not getting married because men are stupid pigs. Oh. Tea had nothing to do with it. Interesting. Maybe I'll read Pride and Prejudice. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I thought it was a story about tea and shit, but like... It really is not. <laughs> okay. Um, so Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Birch, Mr. Peanut, rolls in. He's a professional fossil collector. Oh. Which, like, is the most 1800s profession yeah, I can wow. think of. Um, so he's, like, rich as fuck, right? Yeah. So Birch gets to know the family. He gets to know the family. He really likes them. And he starts feeling like pretty bad that they're like basically destitute. So this good guy, rich dude holds an auction and sells off all of his fossil collection and donates it to the family. Whoa. Yeah. He's just like pals with them. So he says that they shouldn't live in poverty considering that quote, they found almost all the fine things which have been submitted for scientific investigation. So he's like, no, these people are doing good work and, like, don't really realize what they're doing. So, like, we're going to help them out. So um, at this point in the 1820s, like, right around the same time, um, Mom Mary had been running the fossil shop or whatever. And Joseph, at this point, had kind of, like, fallen out of fossil collecting because it was, like, I mean, all of them did it. Um, mm-hmm. And Joseph had kind of like fallen out of it at this point. And so he had started his own like cabinet store, like his dad. So that leaves Mary to just kind of take over the family fossil business. And she like loves it, which is so cute that there's a family fossil business. I know. That's maybe the cutest sentence I've ever written down. <laughs> um, so now we're jumping back to when she was 12. Okay. okay. So when she's 12, her and Joseph are down on the cliffs. They're like looking for fossils and shit and just like looking for casual stuff and joseph spots a big one and mary is the one that actually excavated it so while she is often credited with finding it she is more accurately should be credited with excavating the first specimen of an ichthyosaur which was like a new kind of like fish dinosaur that hadn't been discovered up until then 
So Mary is the one that fucking discovered it kind of on accident when she was 12. Man. Amazing. Yeah, that's um, really cool. So um, flash forward again, just kind of establishing like all of the cool shit that Mary had been doing. Like we're not talking fossils like I found a leaf or whatever, like full right. on dinosaurs that she's right. finding and excavating successfully. Um, so in 1824, her most famous discovery happened. She found the first intact plesiosaurus skeleton. Um, it was so large that and well kept that a French zoologist named Georges Cuvier doubted that it was real until he saw a scientific paper written by one of his fellow like paleontology contemporaries written about it with like scientific um, illustrations of it. And then this zoologist was like, oh, shit. So then he comes, he authenticates it. And then all of a sudden, everyone was into what Mary Anning was doing in this small, tiny town in England. So also, I just Googled plesiosaur. Yeah. Whoa, my dude. I didn't Google it. Hang on. Let me you look. did not? Oh, my God, Taylor. Ple- this thing sea- is crazy. Oh, it's got like the body of a sea turtle. Oh, it's a Loch Ness Monster. Yes. It's a Loch Ness Monster that she found. She found Nessie. Yeah. Whoa. So cool. So, um... Scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Carry on. Yeah, so she's the one that discovered it. The Earth. I know. That's, like, no wonder that guy didn't believe her. So good. So, um, once... This guy has authenticated, like, yes, this is real. The scientific community starts to realize how important Mary and her family's work was and how important that region is for fossils. So then Mary fucking blows up. So her excavations made Lyme Regis a tourist attraction because people were so enamored with paleontology at this point. Nice. And it didn't slow her down at all. So... Um, Four years later, she discovers a pterosaur, which was the first specimen of its kind found outside of Germany, which is where they thought it was exclusive to. So now over in England, they're finding them. And um, later, that kind of dinosaur was reclassified as a fucking pterodactyl. Yeah, man. She's the first one to find it outside of Germany. Damn. the next year, 1829, she founds a fossil fish that is, quote, thought to be a member of a transition group between sharks and rays. Whoa. So cool. So she's, like, doing all sorts of shit. And keep in mind, she had no formal education. So she yeah, taught herself just... how to read to write, read and write. Um, she also taught herself geology, anatomy, paleontology, and scientific illustration. Women are incredible. Amazing, incredible, beautiful specimens. No Women pun intended, because we're talking about incredible. like dinosaur specimens. No, it was a dynamite. It was a great pun. I loved it. Thanks. Um, so, speaking of women being incredible, this lady is a woman, which means that things sucked. So, collectors that were buying her specimens and then donating them, because I guess that's how museums used to work. Like, the, like people who found them couldn't sell directly to a museum. They had to sell first to a collector, who then sold it to a museum. That's weird, but okay. It seems strange to me, but um, uh, collectors that were buying her specimens and then donating them were often credited with finding them. Uh. So in a lot of cases, people didn't even mention her name. So uh. while while her fellow paleontologists 
um, were very supportive of her, it often didn't translate to public image. So nobody knew who Mary Anning was unless they were a fan of her work directly. Um, Mm. It also meant that because she wasn't the one selling them to the museums, she was broke as shit all the time. Like she never made really any money off of this at all. Mm. Um, So the geological society of London refused to admit her to the society because she was a woman. Oh my God. Bitch. She's finding fossils all over the place. What are you talking about? Yeah. That doesn't make any... How could someone's sex, someone's born gender, make them ineligible to be part of something where they have met all of the qualifications? It's so infuriating. Oh, my God. Sexism does not slap. It's bad. Yeah. Carry on. So, um, 1847... Mary dies of breast cancer. Um, she was 47 years old. So, so young. Um, finally, in 2010, she was recognized as one of the 10 most influential women in British history by the Royal Society. Good. Even though she was often overlooked due to being a lady, Mary Anning won the respect of lots and lots of scientists at, of her time who did pretty much all that they could do to help her. Um, that's For good. example, she was friends with a scientist slash painter who started painting scenes of the world that she was discovering and then pr- selling the proceeds of or uh, giving the proceeds of those paintings to Mary Aww. as a means of like supporting her, which is very sweet. That's um, very sweet. And that also started kind of a new art movement that's called like it. Ah, shit, I didn't write it down. It's called. Paleo art, I think is what they call it. And it's basically just a way of like, of like seeing what all of these fossils would look like on fully formed animals rather than like just bones, like filling in the blanks. And so all of the photos or the paintings or whatever that you see of like T-Rexes is all paleo art. And it started from these like early paleontologists that needed somebody to draw what the animal actually looked like which is so fucking cool. That's so cool. So cool. Um, so now she is known as the greatest fossilist the world ever knew, which oh. is so good. Um, and as a last little fun fact, the Lyme Regis cliffs that she grew up on are now part of what is known as the Jurassic Coast. And Mary's legacy lives on there because it is now a UNESCO World Heritage Site where uh, that ain't, It's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, which encourages amateurs and professionals alike to come try their luck at discovering their own dinosaurs. Oh, cool. Isn't it cute? Let's go there. The whole thing is so cute. And that is the story of Mary Anning, the greatest fossilist the world ever knew. Wow, that's cool. You know? Other than the way most people treated her, that's the worst. Yeah. But there are, like, lots and lots of cool little stories of like fellow scientists being like, Hey, I'm making money at this thing and it's stupid that you're not. So I'm going to give you this money because this should be your money. That is is really cool. Um, And it's cool because a lot of the articles that talk about her too, there's one that um, quotes a um, quotes, a lady who met Mary Anning 
and then she wrote in her diary about the meeting and she's Mm -hmm. like talking about how um this lady is like changing the face of science and how good paleontology is and she says that it's by some divine measure and the article points out like yeah this is a really glowing nice thing to say about her but also it's it's not necessarily divine measure that she's really smart because like ladies can be really smart and she is really smart so it's not necessarily a miracle that she is that so it was cool that like a lot of these articles are like hey yeah she was a cool person and also really 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 smart (laughs) wow it was cool reading about her because everything talked about like yeah she got overlooked because she was a woman and that's real dumb it's real dumb and yeah wow that's really cool good job dude i love her I love her, too. Um, so to source my shit, the National Mu- History Museum article written by Marie Claire Eilott, I think, E-Y-L-O-T-T, um, called Mary Anning, the Unsung Hero of Fossil Discovery, mm. Britannical.com, um, UCMP Berkeley article, which was a great one, and then SDSC.edu article, which I looked up SDSC, and it's the San Diego supercomputer. <laughs> So Whoa. it's through the University of San Diego, and for some reason they wrote an article on Mary Anning, and it was great. It was the one that um, quoted the lady that was like, yeah, she was really nice, and it's a miracle that she's as good as she is. <laughs> yeah. Or. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. We'll have to post a photo of that plesiosaur, too. Oh, yeah, we will. So everybody can see. Terrifying and awesome. So good. I'm going to watch Jurassic Park after this. Um, wow, good job. Thanks. That's great. Uh, now sit back, relax. I sure will. Your work is done. Um, and I have a question for you. Have you, Taylor, ever heard of a woman named Victoria Woodhull? No. Me either, which is the most upsetting thing. But Oh, no, one of these... Oh, it's the best story. I am obsessed with Victoria Woodhull. Great. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So, she was born Victoria California Coughlin. Okay. uh Excuse you. Coolest name in the entire world. (laughs) I know. There's a lot of cool names in this. Um, on September 3rd, 23rd, excuse me, September 23rd, 1838 in Homer, Ohio, Mm -hmm. which is in Licking County. And then I wrote, ha, 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 (laughs) ha, I, this is the week of names. Yeah. A hundred percent. She was only educated formally between the ages of eight and 11 because women couldn't possibly need an education. 8 to 11? What do you learn from 8 to 11? I don't know. How to hopefully read, but probably wash clothes. Sad. Yeah. Um, her mother, Annie, was described as an unpleasant old hag. Oh. Which, like, nice. Cool. <laughs> um, her father, Buck, was a thief and a child beater. Cool. So she had I mean, a... Super fun, cool, chill, fun, great childhood. Very fun. They went for ice cream all the time. All the time. It was really about spoiling the kids, you know. Right. She was one of ten children. Too and, many. Uh, too many. Three of them died in infancy, and she claimed oh. that she could communicate with them. 
Okay. So then her father, Buck, the asshole, took all of the kids around in his wagon and forced them to work as child preachers and fortune tellers. She was okay. one of the main fortune teller ones. Um, when she was 15, she met and married a man named Canning Woodhull to basically get out of her situation. Who How was 15? 15. Oh. Which Canning was a philanderer, a drunk, and a morphine addict. Cool. Another kept, really cool person in her life. Yeah, really top-notch. Um, he kept her in starving poverty, dressed her in rags. They said, quote, indeed like a character out of Dickens, while he entertained his mistresses with champagne, fine food, and gifts of silk and satin. Ew. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. They divorced. I'm excited for when this story gets better. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It immediately does. So she leaves him. They divorce in 1864. And Victoria's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to make the life I want. So she and her sister named Tennessee got. Her sister's name is Tennessee and her middle name is California. Yep. Okay. Cute. Yep. I love that um, so much. I know. I love the like Victoria and her sister Tennessee. I was like, oh my god. Um, so they got real into spiritualism because it was taking the U.S. by storm at the time. I love so, spiritualism stories. I know. So they had been basically used as faux clairvoyants since they were children by their father. So they start traveling the country as adults as a medium duo to entertain audiences. In 1868, they traveled to New York and they met the Vanderbilts. Wow. Cornelius Vanderbilt was still mourning his mother who had died many, many years before and craved the ability to speak to her. And he said that once he met Victoria, he was so grateful for the psychological solace that she gave him that he set the sisters up and they were able to run their first, the first ever woman-run stock brokerage company. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They dressed provocatively for the time just to fuck with people. (laughs) They wore their skirts, quote, shockingly short. They touched the tops of their boots. I was just about to say, how short do you think that is? They touched the top of their boots. The top of their boots. Shockingly short. Can you imagine? We're also not talking like... Like thigh-high boots. <laughs> We're really not. We're talking ankles. Oh, God. We're talking like maybe lower calf, most likely upper ankle. We're talking cankles. Wow. So they were known around town as the queens of finance or the bewitching brokers. Cute. I know. I love it. So Victoria was a super free thinker, and they used the money that they made being super successful stockage stock brokerage people. Mm-hmm. I know how that works and mm-hmm. I am confident. Yep. Um, so they start a publication called Woodhull and Coughlin's weekly. That was very radical. Uh, they started this in 1870, Victoria, okay. Tennessee. <laughs> so the publication gave the sisters a way to express their ideas, including social reform, women's suffrage, birth control, and free love. Dang, for 1800s, that is 
yeah, guess how well that went over in eight. Yeah, I bet not. Not not well. They were also they published the first English translation of Karl Marx's The Communist Manifesto. Damn, bold move. Very bold. If anything, once she divorced her husband, she was like, I will be bold forever. <laughs> um, she was a huge supporter of women's suffrage. She spoke publicly about women's rights. A few times she did straight to Congress. Wow. Um, and as she got more and more politically active, the Equal Rights Party put her on the ticket and she was the first woman to run for the president of the United States in 1872. So cool. Holy shit. She could not vote for herself for another 50 fucking years. Wow. I can't even comprehend it. I cannot even comprehend it. Um, yeah, first woman to run for the president of the United States. This is all, by the way, this week is my homage to Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, should be. Um, it was speculated that the famous escape prisoner turned abolitionist Frederick Douglass was her running mate, but that's actually not true. He actually campaigned for the Republican incumbent Ulysses S. Grant. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. So she believed that people should live free of a government that restricted people based on gender or race. People should be free to pursue their own happiness and they should not be confined to monogamy if they don't want to be. Sweet. Yep. Didn't go over well. I bet not. She campaigned for free love, which apparently sounded racier than she intended. Although I think she absolutely intended it for it to sound that racy. Um, She advocated giving women the right to, quote, marry, divorce, and bear children without government interference. Which, yeah. 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 Like, of course. Yep. Uh, She opposed what she termed sexual slavery, which was the double standard of allowing married men to be unfaithful, but stigmatizing and ostracizing married women for the same behavior. Queen. She advocated legalized prostitution. Um. And during a lecture she delivered in Steinway Hall in New York City, she declared, quote, an inalienable constitutional and natural right to love whom I may to love as long or as short a period as I can to change that love every day if I please. Oh, my God. What a sweet little hippie lady. She's so hippie and I love her to pieces. Wow. I just. Yeah. Um. So one problem with her campaign, other than the fact that people are sexist as hell, Mm -hmm. was that she would fight her critics in her publication. And at the time, this was seen as unladylike and without decorum. But also, what would have happened if any of the male candidates had their own publication and fought back for themselves and stood up for themselves against critics? Right. And like also, like, what is she supposed to do? Exactly. Not reference it? She's supposed to be a lady, Taylor. That's dumb as shit. Yes. Also, if anyone met her, clearly realized she was not ever going to fit into the modern, at the time, standards of what a lady was. Yeah. Um, so there were a whole bunch of people, both men and women, who found her, they called her an unconventional divorcee, <laughs> who wasn't afraid to talk about sex and religion and race, and they found it all just abhorrent. An unconventional divorcee. 
That sounds like um, a damn good drink. Yes. <laughs> no, it has gin in it. A lot of gin. Oh, my God. Like, it's basically just straight gin. Oh it's God. gin with, like, a little splash of gin. A different kind of gin. <laughs> oh, man. I If I, I ever that. get back into bartending, I hope I don't. But if I do, I'm going to make a drink called the Unconventional Divorcee. Please do. But I love that, like, the thing that they found so horrible was that she talked about sex, religion, and race. Yeah. Like, yeah. three of the most core to your humanity yeah. topics. But everything is taboo because everybody's off. So, yeah, election day comes around. She can't vote for herself. Um, although it should be noted that she probably could not have voted for herself anyway because uh, she was incarcerated on election day. <laughs> sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. For obscenity charges. Obscenity? Obscenity charges. Okay. Um, because she called out a minister... For adultery, not because of the adultery. She was like, you do you, but also you're a huge hypocrite because you're preaching to people that adultery is wrong and you're doing it. So pick your horse. Yeah. Um, But they said that her expose on him was indecent and they arrested her. Of course. Because she called him out, they arrested her. Guess what happened to him? Fucking nothing. Probably nothing. Cool, 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 cool. Yep. Love it. Um, but she declared to a panel. I put the panel, but I don't know what panel I was writing about. To the panel. The obviously. only panel. The one and only panel. She blatantly declared that women had already won the right to vote under the recently enacted 14th and 15th Amendments. Women are citizens, she argued, and the amendments say, quote, the citizen who is taxed should also have a voice in the subject matter of taxation. Queen, obviously, yes. And she's right. She was fucking right. Wow. Another problem with her campaign, though. (laughs) (laughs) On Inauguration Day, she would have been 34 years old. And Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution requires that the president on the day, quote, he takes office should be 35. Oh, my God. Um, but in the end, it was pretty much a moot point with her age because she received zero electoral votes. There is no record of how many popular votes she received. But we know that the woman that ran next 12 years after her. Um, under the same banner, same Equal Rights Party, racked up uh, over 4,000 votes in six states. Wow. So probably she got votes. She just didn't get any electoral votes. Yeah. She was obviously a target because she had a whole bunch of relationships and radical ideas and didn't care. Um, After her first marriage, she had two kids. They divorced. She married two more times and was reported to have a whole bunch of relationships So everybody at the time was like, oh, my God, she's so scandalous. Some of her best nicknames were Vile vile Jailbird, Impudent Witch, which might be my favorite. That's going on that that album. On your album, Impudent Witch? Absolutely. I mean, Vile Jailbird could go on there, too. Totally. That's like the single that I released, though. Vile Jailbird? Wow. It's hard to say. Good luck singing it. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, and then Mrs. Satan. Mrs. Satan. <laughs> yep. 
good old good old Mrs. Satan. Oh my God! Hi, how are you? I'm Mrs. Satan. I'm Mrs. Satan. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Satan. That's, I know. That's too good. I love it. Um, in 1877, Victoria in Tennessee moved to England for a fresh start, where she married a man named John Martin. And then there was a note that said his mother vehemently disagreed with the marriage. <laughs> Wow. Which, of course, she did. But then after he died, she was just a wealthy widow living it up in this mansion in England. And she was one of the first women in England to own a car. God. So now she has all this time. She spent a whole bunch of her time writing and wrote a book called The Human Body, The Temple of God in 1890. And then once she published a magazine with her daughter called The Humanitarian that started in 1892 and ran for nine years. Wow. Yeah. Um, there was one note somewhere in an article that said that she may or may not have been in favor of eugenics, Ooh. but I couldn't find actual proof of that. And I really okay. hope not. Yeah. Um, if she was, that sucks because mm-hmm. no, stop that. But I don't know for a fact that she is, but yeah. I didn't want to not mention it and have people be like, you're promoting someone that was racist. Totally. Nope. Yep. Um, Victoria Claughlin Woodhull Martin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Name. Victoria yeah. California Claughlin Woodhull Martin <laughs> died on June 9th, 1927. And my favorite quote of hers is let women issue a declaration of independence sexually and absolutely refuse to cohabit with men until they are acknowledged as equals in everything. The victory, the victory would be won in a single week. Yep. And it's true. Um, Some fun facts. In 1980, uh, the Broadway musical Onward Victoria was inspired by her. In 1997, the Woodhull Institute for Ethical Leadership was founded by Naomi Wolf and Margot Magowan. In 2001, she was inducted posthumously, obviously, into the National Women's Hall of Fame. The Woodhull Sexual Freedom Alliance is an American human rights and sexual freedom advocacy organization founded in 2003. And my personal favorite, a woman named Victoria Bond composed the opera called Mrs. President about her life. It premiered in 2012. I will let you guess where it premiered. D.C.? Nope. Where? Anchorage, motherfucking Alaska. What? Really? Yep. According to an ADN article, I went up and like read the article and it was just so condescending. It was like the audience really seemed to love the music more than they thought they were going to. I was like, what? (laughs) Get out of here. They had a good time. Let it go. Yeah. Premiered in Anchorage, Alaska in 2012. And that is the bonkers story of almost not almost but would be madam president victoria woodhull wow yeah isn't that crazy that's so good <laughs> i, love I that. was sitting at a brewery researching this literally laughing out loud in my corner because every piece of information i came across about her i was like of course she did <laughs> yeah why wouldn't why wouldn't she uh i love it so much um I have an incredibly short source my shit. 
biography.com, Wikipedia, and politico.com had a really interesting article called The Strange Tale of the First Woman to Run for President, <laughs> written by, let's see if I can do this, Carol Felsenthal. Okay. Um, which was, it was written when, um, it was written in 2015, and it it was used as, like, a comparison between Victoria and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And at one point, she put in her, like, she was making this point that basically Hillary was our best option for the foreseeable future for a woman to be president. And then in parentheses put, and this is a quote, face it, progressives, Elizabeth Warren is a pipe dream, not a possibility. Excuse and you. I just started booing my computer. <laughs> Excuse you. How dare you? You get out of here. Wow. Yeah. But um, that's it. Wow. Yeah. I told someone today that I was going to cover her on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm covering the first woman that ever ran for president. And she was like, what year do you have down? Because I'm pretty sure it was in the 80s. And I was like, 1872. She was like, oh, oh, never mind. It's like, yeah. <laughs> They've been, we've been trying. Yeah, for a hot minute. For 150 years. Yeah. It's casual. It's fine. It's cool. Everything is great. 2020 is a great time. I love all of it so much. Did you read that article that was titled, It's 2020 and Women Are Tired? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I did. Yeah. Anyway, that's the hilarious and wonderful story of Victoria Woodhull who got hers. <laughs> good one. Super good her. one. I love her so much. Wow. Yeah. Um who's your who's your babe of this week? This um, week that we're in. So <laughs> I think because when this will have come when when this comes out, there there's the English. Yeah, when this it. comes out, um we'll have been open for a weekend already so yeah. I think that my I think that my babe of this week has to be babes of this week and it has to be my cast because yeah. it's been the best time like I've Good. loved it so much um I feel like the whole cast is very like on the same page about everything it's just such a great time like even on days where like I'm exhausted from work or my migraine or whatever, like I get to rehearse and I'm like, well, I don't know. I feel the same way that I feel like doing this podcast, you know, where like even on days where I'm like, Oh, I don't really want to record today. As soon as we start it, I'm like, no, this is yes. exactly what I need. Like, yes. This is 100%. exactly what I needed today. And it's just so great. And it's a really great reminder to me that like, like I do this for a reason. <laughs> You know, of like, oh, yeah, this makes me feel good. And also it makes me really proud of what we're about to put out there. You know, like, I think we're going to have a really good show. So um, it's been the best. And I have I'm such a fan of all of the people in this cast. So I think they are awesome. My babes. Heck, yes, as they should be. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been a great time. And it's small, mm-hmm. like it's, it's a 15 or 16 person show and there are six of us. Wow. So it's busy and yeah. like everyone's running and it's just, it's fun all the time. I love that though. 
Yeah. Because you don't always need, like some shows call for it and you need the big cast and then that cast bonds and it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you, it's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of my first show of like doing, like Devin, I think is the only person that doesn't double up at least once. Well, and no, not even because she's got a couple of. Is she the main girl that tweets? Yeah. yeah. And so like, and she's got a couple of different lines here and there that are, are, are not Tabitha. So, um, so everybody has at least two characters, which is so fun because everyone is constantly like, is this my entrance? This is my entrance. Okay. But I'm this character this time. Who am I? (laughs) It's, it's, it's great. I've had a great time with it. Yeah. Good. Yay. I love that. Yep. Who's yours? My babe this week is my sweet, sweet teacher of my film class. Yeah. Good old, good old Charles, Charles Andrew Gardner. He's such a sweet man. He is just, he has um, cultivated a very welcome and safe place for us to be bad and to fail and to try things. And it's really, really nice because I am learning so much. I feel like every week I leave, my brain hurts, but I had a blast and I'm learning so, so much so rapid fire but I'm not afraid to look stupid or do all you know mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah um but I stayed after last class and I was like hey it was me and one other girl Laurel bless her I love her but we both stayed after and we were like hey how do we watch ourselves on film and only watch the performance and cr- critique the performance how do we not stare at our chin or mm-hmm. my crooked teeth or like all I can think about is that what that's what I look like are you kidding me gross yeah. I hate this like oh my god everything move everything bounces when I move partially half an inch you know like it's just it's I can't focus on my performance or my acting or my being in character or my portrayal of anything all I can focus on is like do I have a chin you know what I mean or like my teeth look so crooked it's so obvious and so we were asking we were like how do we do this and he was like honestly it takes time it's weird it's really weird at first it takes a lot of practice it takes time but the best thing that I can tell you is that no one else sees what you're seeing no one else sees you and thinks that you should look like a different version of you they only know the view that they're seeing. That's you. The end. You are That's you. such a good reminder. Yeah, he was like, no one else is you. No one else in the world is you. So no one's going to look at you and think that you should look like someone else because you're you. Mm-hmm. So it's really all, like he was like, I know this isn't, you know, helpful or easy, but it's really in your own mind. No one else is seeing the things that you're seeing. They're seeing the character. You're seeing flaws. And he was like, it really, it takes a lot of time. It's really weird. And I was like, man, I just can't stop staring at my teeth. They look so crooked and so pronounced. I was like, I I should get them fixed. And he was like, don't. If you still want to in a few years, fine. But don't get them fixed right now because of this. He's like, I have three middle teeth. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) He's like, I have three front middle teeth. 
And then he smiled really big. And it's true. There's one directly in the center of his face. Like Tom Cruise. Like Tom Cruise. And then two on either side. And I was like, whoa. I didn't even notice. He was like, of course, because why would you? No one is looking at these things. And I was like, I, you're, thank you. Okay. So we're working on it. That's great. That's a really good one. I feel very happy and comfortable and excited that I got him as a teacher, you know? Yeah. I feel like he is the correct teacher for me at this point. So, yeah. Shout out to Charles Andrew Gardner. If you guys see him on any uh, commercials or TV shows or films, he's a great dude. Nice. That's great. Good one. I'm going to IMDB him real quick. Let me see what he's in. We don't have to continue this. I just want to know. You're good. Um, wow, I love this. I really love this. This it's is, I feel time. so hyped. I know. Doing two in a row helped a lot, too. Um, I'm curious to see how much of the everything in that beginning shit show you leave in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because woof. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one to edit, that's for sure. It's gonna be a good time. That'll probably be the like Saturday before my show that I do. That's that. fair. But Yeah, that's I'm fair. I'm glad that we have these have these locked in. That's nice. Yeah. Because then I don't have to try and worry about researching during tech week. Well, that would be real stressful. Yeah. So, man. I love this. I love you. I love you. I was so hyped. If anybody is still listening, hit us oh, up. Oh, yeah. We're at Babetown Pod everywhere. We sure are. Except for and TikTok, because fuck that. Oh, gross. Do people so, use that as like a... Okay, never mind. I don't want to know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we're not on that because it's dumb. And we're old. And we're old. More importantly. Do you know I found four gray hairs this week? In one week, I found four gray hairs. This is why I dye my hair. I'm basically (laughs) dead. So, that's cool. I went to bed at 9.30 twice this week. I feel that. That's my whole life. Yeah, but you have a migraine. It's I'm fine. I'm just a person that I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for people realizing that they're tired and going the fuck to sleep. Yeah, it's a great time. There's nothing better than sleeping. Everybody knows it. Nobody just wants to talk about it. I agree. Come on. And I on that note, good night. <laughs> oh, yeah. What time is it there? It is 726 and I am off to bed. <laughs> I I'm not. I know that you're kidding, but I wish that you were for real. I know. I'm too hungry to sleep right now. Okay, that's fair. Well, go fill your tum-tum. I will. Oh, I will. And I'm just going to look at it and pat it and call it tum-tum the whole time. (laughs) Um, Dang. I'm a fan of this. And you? I'm a huge fan of this and you. (laughs) Thanks for sticking around, you guys. Y'all are troopers. 
you guys are the best especially if a lot of that ends up in there which like who knows maybe i'll feel spicy or lazy <laughs> a nice we'll spiced lazy is what i aim for um it was it was hard for me to pull it together whew, after mom mary mom mary <laughs> <laughs> go eat food all right have a great night go, have a great week have a great night Thanks. Do or don't eat food, whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.